The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. I'm not going to go defeated. I picked up a W. You can oh. talk all the point trash you want, but I got me a dub, dog. I do not. You are the Cleveland Browns. Ouch. <laughs> the Browns or the, uh, the, wasn't it the Detroit Lions? Somebody went 0-16. Oh, yeah, the, the Lions. Lions. You're, you're the Detroit yeah. Clevelands. Ooh, that's not good. That's not good in anything. That's not good in baseball. Well, baseball this year it's better, but that's not that's not good in baseball or football. Yeah, you want to be a guardian. You don't want to be a brown. That's right, a guardian. So, uh, all right, why don't we jump into? Do we got to do at least what's on tap? So, what's on tap? Uh, brought to you by St. Arnold Brewery, which is a place I'd like to visit someday. We're still working on the logistics for that. I do not think I want to come into town during homecoming weekend. <laughs> I, will, I will not you get need the some best more attention, man. Well, no, I just won't get the best of the Blum household. I don't know if the no. guest room will be available. I'm gonna have to stay at some hotel with the you're gonna the have visiting to show up with a ton of coming Aquanet. in. Oh, Aquanet. I like Aquanet. And a blue tuxedo. I can do that. Um, yes. Oh, how about that? I come visit you, and then I actually go to homecoming with the with all the oh, high yeah, school you chaperone. That would be. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I could chaperone the uh, the homecoming event. I'll grow a mustache. I stay this. I get older, and they get younger and younger. <laughs> no, I think it's I get older, they stay the same age. Isn't that it? That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> That's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. Yeah, welcome to the bleachers. It's what we do. So we can, uh, what's on tap, we can touch on fantasy football, <laughs> which we already riffed about. Um, my favorite manager looks like he's going to announce retirement. I don't know if he officially did that, but uh, I bet Rick Hahn is somewhere like throwing a party in his like closet. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Um, that's just my opinion, just knowing Rick the little I do. I don't want to put words in his mouth or a party in his party in his pocket. Uh let's see. Fantasy football, Rick Hunt. Oh, the playoffs. The playoffs are coming. It looks like the seating playoffs. is pretty much arranged. Playoffs. You're talking about the playoffs? Yeah. I can't believe you guys let the Phillies clinch in your home home uh home play. Dude, no, this this homestand, <laughs> I mean, that's actually kind of funny. This homestand, the Tampa Bay Rays clinched and the Phillies clinched. Our poor visiting yeah. clubhouse is just gonna smell like just a champagne fungus. Yeah. 
Well, the funny thing about the Rays clinching your clubhouse, I think they clinched when somebody else lost, right? It was like, hey, they're in, you know, like, all right. <laughs> yeah, but, was, <laughs> you know, it's like they were sitting around watching the game. That's always a weird way. I mean, not that they backed into it. I figured did, they were we going to make it anyway. We did that in 2018. But, in 2018, I went into a clubhouse to do celebratory interviews after a loss by the yeah. Astros, but the team that they needed to lose lost. So it was kind of like this, yay. And then you're yeah. like, so you're partying. It was so, it was bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, what a weird way to, to, to clinch a berth. Well, I think the it's not, I mean, you've earned it. I mean, it's like clinching the number one seed is like, you know, just because somebody yeah, but you loses like or wins. Get I mean, the W high five line and woohoo. But instead you're like, okay, we lost everybody off the field. Let's go inside. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that w- that was the point I was going to make is I think we're so conditioned, right? Like in the clubhouse, it's like after a loss, like music down, somber, like the pitcher got shelled, like let's stay away from him, you know? And then, you know, when we win, it's like, all right, hey, it's pretty loose in here. So to your point, you're conditioned over the years like to behave appropriately after wins and losses. <laughs> yeah. And when, you know, when you've won 100 games, whether you back into the playoffs or whether you win that specific day – Literally drown your sorrows in champagne. Well, yeah, I mean, you you should be able to rejoice. It's just like I said, it's counterintuitive, right? Your one, the left side of your brain says, "Let's party. We won a hundred games. We're going to be the you know the second seed in the uh, in the playoffs." The other side of your brain says, "You know what? We just lost a game three to nothing. We should." It it is it is the mullet of playoff clinching. It is like, oh, damn, up front, you're like, we lost. And in the back, you went, holy shit, we get to party. woo yeah. The mullet. I love it. The analogies <laughs> we come up with. We got to use this stuff on uh, AT&T Sportsnet. Come on. Oh, man. Like the I mullet. I had a good one the other day. You you know, you remember uh, you remember Austin Powers' gold member when he's like uh, trying to offer that dude uh, breakfast or whatever? He's like, uh, uh, blunt and a blintz, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So we had a situation where Jose Altuve lays down a bunt and then Jeremy Pena hits a home run. I'm like, hey, a bunt and a blast. I'm like, this is a good uh, day. And TK uh, was like, oh, my gosh, did you just say that? Did I'm he like, get yeah, it? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he totally bunt did. Bunt and yeah, a I blast. Bunt and a blintz, <laughs> like close. He got it really quick. Austin Powers would have appreciated the bunt and the blast. And that's that would have been, yeah. you know. you. But you don't say Austin Powers. You just got to let the fans dig it out, right? Let them dig it out. Yeah, try to. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Sorry. Sergeant Polka. What's on Polka. tap, dude? Are He's we the, doing this? I'm, yeah. I'm an idiot We already did. Fantasy, we got fantasy football. I'm not even drunk yet. Fantasy football. Tony LaRusa possibly uh, opening up a job uh, position for some. Another one, yeah. Or, yeah, which would be great. Um, and I had the uh, Santa Clara cross country team, which I texted you. They're <laughs> trending, trending on Twitter. You know what the best thing? And we'll get into it. I know it's uh, what's on tap, but the best thing about it is it's not. It wasn't a big announcement. It was subtle, right? And then you start oh, scrolling through it. You're like, oh, this is great. Um, and people who haven't seen that will uh, maybe we can get Mark to attach it in the show notes. But hilarious tweet or. Uh, you can get on the Santa Clara Athletic website and see it as well. Oh my um, gosh, and it's yeah. funny because they put the men's cross-country team and the women's cross-country team together, and you just scroll through it. But as soon as the last man goes, then it looks normal again. You're back to the women. You're like, oh, <laughs> they didn't do it. They didn't go crazy like the men. Um, my alma mater, lovely uh, cross-country photos. Um Dude. And let's see, fantasy football, Tony LaRussa. Oh, we should discuss the playoffs a little bit, the baseball playoffs, where we oh, think yeah. it's going. And uh, that's all I got for what's on tap at the beautiful St. Arnold Brewery. Hopefully, uh, I will be seeing the beer garden here soon. 
No, that'd be a good thing. We need to get you out here because beer is good, and St. Arnold beer is even better. <laughs> and you and we could actually have Tuttle come out here and survive. I know that our producer, Mark, who obviously does all our swag and produces this podcast and does all kinds of behind-the-scenes action for us, um, we could really appreciate the fact that we're not going to kill Tuttle with the weather because right now, October— October, September, October, November are phenomenal out here. And right now it's like 85 and sunny in the middle of the day. It's 65 in the evenings and mornings. I mean, it's it's a toddy at night. And then in the morning, it's a cup of coffee out on the porch. So we need to get right. you out here and enjoy some of the libations that we have to offer and get your face in front of these people. I think that would be the most fun is being able to have you out here and have people get their eyes on you. Because right now you're just a... Uh, you're that talking head or the max headroom of this podcast out here in Houston, much like I would be if I went out there to uh, California. They'd be like, wait a minute, the, this guy's real? Ah, well, you used to live out here, so they know yeah, you pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but those are the, our, our mutual friends are the only ones that believe in us right now, so. <laughs> believe it. <laughs> believe it. But, uh, no, it's been a fun week. You know what? I have two more shows to do, and the one thing that I'm happy, most happy about with this season ending, I know that, uh, you know, everything goes national and I wish we could be broadcasting some of these, uh, postseason games, but I have one more tie to wear. I know we talked about this in previous podcasts and I've actually seen fans throughout the stadium making fun of me for wearing a tie at a ball game, but I only have one more tie to wear. It's a big decision. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I, I mean, am I going to just go standard or am I going to, I don't have anything spectacular or showy to throw out there, but I'm kind of excited to know that I only have one more tie to wear. I think it'd be fun if you could wear, I know I've seen the tuxedo shirts, but wear the t-shirt underneath it with the tie, like for the last game of the year. So sport coat over like a uh, fake collar t-shirt with the tie. <laughs> That'd be Dude. pretty solid. I, I don't know if you want to go that route. God, when, I wish I would have planned better. The contract's awesome. coming up. <laughs> when is the know, tie? Is it tonight? Or is I need a new contract. Yeah, when's the tie? Uh, when is it tonight or is it uh, tomorrow? It is tonight. When's yeah, the, so we're recording oh, yeah. this podcast, and tonight is the last night game that I have to wear a tie to, because uh, you know what's interesting and pretty cool about uh, professional baseball, and uh, <laughs> is cool. the last day of the season is they start all the games at the same time. So every major league baseball game will start at the same time on Wednesday, and awesome. the reason for that was a couple of years ago they had that situation where Longoria hit a walk-off home run and, you know, three cities over, somebody else had a, lo a loss and, and extra innings and, and somebody got into the playoffs. But it's kind of cool that everybody starts at the same time, don't you think? Absolutely. So uh, I know we have a ton of soccer fans on here and I've been watching soccer. So the English Premier League has done that for years and years. And they do oh. it for the exact same reason you said, because there's Champions League as the top six. I'm sorry. Uh, Europa League is top six. Champions League is the top four finishers in the Premier League. And so at the last day of the year, there's always like, you know, there's teams facing relegation, which means they drop out of the Premier League. So I know mm. we're getting a little off track, but my point is they start all the games at the exact same time and run the clocks the same. That way there's no funny business, meaning teams like knowing that they don't have to play their guys, teams doing, you know, I guess untoward things if they want another team to get into uh, into the playoffs and X whatever. Kind of like you said, Longoria hitting uh, a home run and extra innings happening. You just never know, right? You don't want anything untoward to happen. So I think starting them all at the same time is a uh, is really cool. And I think uh, the Premier League's been doing that for years and years, mainly because teams get relegated and teams yeah. get elevated a lot on, on that line. last day. 
Yeah, there's a ton on the line. I mean, if you have 18 teams in the Premier League, I think you probably have seven to nine teams with something on the line on the last day, maybe more like 12 teams. So it's usually a pretty big deal. And I think, uh, you know, the fans would certainly understand that's why they do it. So tonight is tie night, Tuesday night when we're recording Mm -hmm. this. I don't know if you'll hear it tomorrow. Um, and Wednesday, the last day of the season, all the games start at the same time. Yeah, they do. And you know what? Talking about the Premier League and being relegated, I think that uh, that is an easy lead-in <laughs> to something that we do on this podcast during football season. And I, there's a reason I sound as morbid as I do, because Tuttle and I suck. And uh, combined, we are one and eight, maybe? One and one seven, and seven. Yeah, One and seven – and my the sole win between us, I scored seventy two points. So that's you talk about an anomaly. I shouldn't even have a win right now, but I proceeded to get hey winners just, win. Well, winners win one, and uh, hey. I, I got that out of the way. So I'm off the schneid in that sense. But I think I'm going to get pummeled the rest of the way because I. I am a terrible GM, and the only excuse I have is that I'm paying attention to baseball a little too much right now. But then this just sets me up for not having an excuse later when the baseball season's over and I have time to focus on my roster because this – dude, why is football being played in London? I could give a damn if they're playing in London, and I'm sure – do Londoners really care? I don't know, man. But I woke up on Sunday morning with uh, Alvin Kamara out. And I'm, I've got 95 alerts on my phone trying to get him out of my lineup. But I woke up late, not late. I woke up at 8 a.m., but on freaking London time, the Saints are out there kicking off against the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm getting hosed by having a running back sitting in my lineup that's out. I was oh, so that's how that's how my GMing is going right now. I'm terrible, and I lost again. Yeah, well, I I will say uh, one and seven, and you have the one win. I have done. Maybe probably some of the better GMing that I've done in the last two years. Last year I was two and twelve, really giving uh, full effort. So this year I start out with a new right, a lot of promise and hope for the season, kind of like hope springs eternal. And uh, have in the last two weeks I've scored 120 points or more in each game. I think 130 and 120 something, and I lost both games. And so I realize what we all say about this uh, lovely game of Dungeons and Dragons for ex jocks (laughs) is, uh, is I'm I'm just it doesn't really matter what I do. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw caution to the wind and see go for some flyers in the upcoming weeks and see if I can't get a W. I do not want to be, as you pointed out in our little banter earlier, I don't want to be the Cleveland Lions or the Detroit Browns or the whatevers. I need to I need to get some dubs. Yeah, you'll pick him up. I mean, eventually you'll play me. I think it's week seven. <laughs> I mean, that's what's oh, be he's funny. looking ahead. I've got you looking oh, ahead. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play one game at a time, Blummer. <laughs> no, I looked it's at gonna it be the I toilet like bowl. Guys, guess guess what? Guess what? Bye week. Oh. Every guy in my roster has week seven against Tuttle. Right. So there awesome. you go. I'm just gonna throw you that W, or I'm gonna go on a waiver wire and pick up every slappy that doesn't play or is a third stringer. Here's a silver lining for that. Would you like to play an 0-6 Tuttle 
with every guy on a buy, or would you like to play a five and one guy like with every guy on a buy? You're going to play an zero and six. I will find a way to lose that game to you. You should be stoked. You're going <laughs> to score seventy one points. Yeah, well, you're going to score seventy one points and beat me seventy one to seventy, and I'm going to be like, all right. Oh man. So if there's a London game, I'll leave a guy out of my lineup this week. London is the Giants and the Packers. So if you have any Giants or Packers, look at this. Tune into the Bleacher Blums podcast. That was the one good thing I did. Dobbs has yeah. been good. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you if you are playing this week, it's the Giants and Packers. Mm-hmm. And I won't I'll, he'll be hurt and out. Yeah. But no, it's London. So just get up early. Set your alarm. Look Saturday night. The Giants and the Packers are playing in London at like six AM. So Isn't I'm just there giving enough football people over there. They don't need other footballs. No, now you sound like my wife. She's like, Can you tell me Thank which you. night they're Tell me which night there isn't football. And I'm like, um, I think it's uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. She's like, there's Monday night football, Thursday night football. Oh, no, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, but college has, you know, college football. On dude, Friday, that, so. that, my wife and yours are on the same page. She's like, how is there football on? It's Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Oh, you're what? I'm like, Corey yeah. says that? That's so funny. Oh, yeah. dude, all the time. Yeah, she can't stand it. Unless, but it's her cowboy. She's a cowboy fan. It drives me nuts. I can't stand it. Yeah. Is she a Cooper Rush fan all of a sudden? All of a I sudden. Love yeah, Cooper her, Rush. Her, and, her and Jerry Jones, man. I mean, geez. Ugh. Just lick your fingers, stick it to the wind, and see who he's cheering for. Jerry Jones. Um, all right. Hey, well, let's uh, throw yeah. it to a break. I'm, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. lost my mind. We're riffing. All this right. This London Blue, thing has got me. Blue Wire Podcast Network. Let's uh, hear what the sponsors have to say. Stay tuned. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right. Thank you to our sponsors on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We appreciate that. And of course, we always implore everybody listening to this podcast to share it with their friends, family, dogs if they have AirPods. Have them download, subscribe, rate, review, send us questions, whatever it takes to get more listeners on us because the more listeners, the more fun we have, and obviously the better we can create content. And uh, you can get to Tuttle on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I know that a couple fans reached out last week with his birthday week being last week, so we appreciate that. And you can get to him at Real David Tuttle on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can get to myself at Blummer27 on Instagram and on Twitter. And of course, our producer, Mark Ramos, is running a great website for us and uh, produces all of our swag. 
You can find us at Bleacher Blums on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, we have BleacherBlums.com. And you can always get to us through the mailbag. Ask us questions if you feel that you need to. And of course, we've got all kinds of t-shirts and fun stuff like that. But this being the final couple of days of the regular season here in 2022, we have an idea of all the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. I think right now we're just waiting to see who or where the wild card seeding is going to happen. So in the in the National League, you've got the number one seed being the LA Dodgers. As it stands, after a big weekend for the Atlanta Braves, they beat up on the Mets, swept them, and they have a two, uh, I believe a two-game lead in the National League East. And this is probably one of the more interesting races, just in the sense that if it ended yeah. right today, that if the Atlanta Braves would have that two seed, so they would have the bye week. Now, the Atlanta Braves are lined up to play either the St. Louis Cardinals or the Philadelphia Phillies, which are the three and six seed. The four and five seed is what's crazy to me. This is that lower bracket that will end up playing the number one seed, the LA Dodgers, will be the Mets and Padres. And I don't know how you feel, Tuttle, but I feel like those two teams are going to beat the living hell out of each other because you've got Joe Musgrove, you've got Hugh Darvish, you've got Josh Hader, but you also have an, a pretty potent offense. I feel like in the San Diego Padres, it could light you up at any second. And then you have the Mets who are coming with DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. And I know they just got swept by the Braves, but that could be an interesting series because whoever makes it through that series has to play that number one seed. But uh, we'll stick on the National League side for the time being. Are there any series that intrigue you? Because I feel St. Louis is going to wipe the floor with the Philadelphia Phillies, but then the Braves are going to end up winning out. But I really feel like that 4-5 or that matchup between the the Braves and Mets is is really going to put somebody behind the eight ball trying to work through that uh, wild card game. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think the Braves obviously put themselves in a great position with the the sweep of the Mets this weekend. And, um, you know, the the thing that you always obviously have to be cognizant of is uh, how healthy DeGrom and Scherzer are. And if they're healthy, um, the Mets are going to be tough to beat because, you know, in these short series, those guys are going to get plenty of innings. Um, I do worry about, you know, DeGrom like holding up. But if they hold up and you know this, we were talking about momentum. We've talked about it consistently on this podcast. If the Mets hold up and beat the Padres, whether they beat the living crap out of each other or not, because the Padres, we know pitching and defense, the Padres offense sometimes can get hot. But let's say the Mets come through that and play the Dodgers, who've been kind of like, you know, sitting around, (laughs) like waiting for the next team to get there. That could be pretty challenging. I mean, I think I I would I'd be most intrigued to see a good, healthy Mets pitching staff take on the Dodgers in that like one, you know, that one four, one five seed, depending on where they end up. Um, mm. I'd like that. And I agree with you. I think the Cardinals, I mean, the Phillies just kind of, you know, if Nola's not on the mound, um, I know ah, you, you watch the yeah, you watched the Phillies win last night. Um Schwarber's got like forty six home runs. He's hitting one ninety nine. I don't it's like, wow. I, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I know he's hitting better than that. But anyway, gosh, what it, I agree with you. The Cardinals are the team. The Cardinals are always a team, aren't they? The Braves-Cardinals series would be great. They just find ways to win. Yeah, I, I'd be most intrigued to see Braves-Cardinals. Uh, I'd love to see Mets-Dodgers, mm-hmm. especially with the Dodgers sitting around. You know my partiality for the Dodgers. I think that would make that uh, the most interesting series. But, I mean, it, it's still going to be really hard to beat the Dodgers. Well, it is. And, you know, the way this playoff system is set up right now with the extra wild card being able to get in there is 
the fact that you have that bye week, so you're going to watch this. You know, who, you're going to watch this wild card series. So, like you said, let's just take the Mets and uh, Padres for example. You're going to throw your one-two at them, obviously, in the first two games. And if you win, it's a best three, two out of three. If you win those two, so you go Degrom, Scherzer, you're going to have to start Bassett against the Dodgers number one, and that's where you know this playoff system is kind of interesting, and it's going to be the same way for the Astros. You would assume in the wild card round you're going to throw your number one, number two, and if you and if you do go three games, you're going one, two, three. So when you do start the division series against whoever it is, you're going to have to throw your four against the number one of that team that had that week off. That's the only thing that, you know, that's where they yep. try and create the, the the disparity between those and try and honor the bye week and try and honor the, the seeding system. The only problem I have is that I wish after the wild card round, you would reseed who had to play who, because right now the number one, the Dodgers and Astros have to play the four five winner. If, you know, in a normal situation, and I think there's other leagues that do this, might be the NHL that actually like reseeds, and you can say the number one's going to play the lowest seed that wins that next round. So if the six seed beats the three seed, then it wouldn't, you wouldn't play the four seed, you'd play the six seed. And I think that kind of makes a little bit more sense. And I think in the future, they will have to make an adjustment on that. But for the time being, it's kind of interesting. But how about in the expanded playoffs that we're in right now? There's two teams that actually have broken playoff droughts. The Phillies are one of them. They had the second longest streak in baseball. That last time they were in the playoffs was 2011. And this is where we're going to transition over to the American League side and check out the Seattle Mariners. They hadn't yep. been to the playoffs since 2001, and they're going to get in as the five seed currently on that uh, on the American League side, so they would actually have to go to Toronto and play three games in Toronto against the Blue Jays, while the Tampa Bay Rays, who pick up the sixth seed, would have to play the Guardians, while the Yankees and Astros have the bye week to see who beats, hopefully, the living hell out of each other before they see them. But <laughs> what are your thoughts on, do you want to start with Tampa Bay and the Cleveland Guardians? What do you got thoughts on them? Oh, you know, it's funny. Tampa Bay's been up and down this year, but I think we forget um, how good of a manager Kevin Cash has been and how solid this, that this team is. This is a great point. This does not oh, get talked about you. enough. I, I'm in complete yeah. agreement with you. Yeah, well, I like that's what I like. I mean, of course, we we pat each other on the back a lot here, but uh, I like when we don't when we don't prep, right? We kind of look at what we're going to yeah. talk about, but when we have some alignment, we didn't talk about these playoff series before we got on air. But I just think you can give the 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 Rays whatever seed you want. Um, they just got uh, a couple <laughs> pitchers back healthy. Um, they've had a kind of up and down year, but based on injury, right? And they just lost yeah. one of their pitchers, but they got back uh, the guy that complained last Tyler year about Glass sticky now. substances. That's a big yeah, Glass now. That's a huge pickup, and he's been out for 18 months, but, man, he's got the stuff. So you lose one and you gain one, and I just think the Rays are um, undervalued in that they have playoff experience. I mean, they've been in – they were in the World Series. They were in the American League Championship Series. They're always in it. The last five years, I think mm -hmm. they kind of get over – or undershadowed if there's such a thing. No, I'm joking. They get overshadowed by the Astros. <laughs> the only team that has done as well in the American League in the last five years, I would I – would, 
you know, venture to guess has got to be the Houston Astros. So I think the Rays are going to beat the Guardians. Um, I don't care Ooh. if that's home or away or whatever. Pitching and defense, Kevin Cash knows what he's doing. And that will, like you said, that'll set up some good, you know, since they're not reseeding, that'll set up some good series moving forward. I think the other yeah. thing to point out here, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that series as well. The other thing to point out here is that um, we said this before, the only team out of the American League East that didn't make the playoffs was the Orioles, and they were on fire at the end of the year. So you're going to see yeah. some... You know, some teams that are very familiar with each other as they go forward here. What do you think about that series? And then why don't you tell us what you see with the Mariners Blue Jays? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a conspiracy theory because I'm in agreement with you about Kevin Cash. I think he is he, he maybe he, he flies under the radar just because he's with Tampa Bay. And I don't, you know, some people wanted to, you know, compare the Tampa Bay Rays to the Moneyball Oakland A's, which I think is stupid. Because the Tampa Bay Rays have actually been to a World Series. Granted, it was a shortened season in 2020, but they've been to a championship series a couple of times. They play extremely good baseball when it counts, and I think that's what makes them frightening. But I want to get back to the point about Kevin Cash being kind of the mad scientist over there. If you're in a playoff scenario and and you've clinched a playoff berth, and you're the Tampa Bay Rays, and you're looking at the bracket, the seating, and seeing who you'd have to play, or what you know, how do you get to the playoffs, or how do you get to the World Series, or try try and extend your playoffs? If you're in that, if you're going for a seed, would you not want to be that sixth seed if you're the Tampa Bay Rays? Because to your point, you would have to go through the Guardians and the Yankees to get to the championship series, as opposed to playing either the Mariners or Jays, and then the Astros. I think that the, towards the end of the season, there was a calculated risk and a calculated uh, choice by Cash to not play some of his horses and try and beat the Astros in the, in the third game of that series, almost to maintain the sixth seed because he knows he doesn't want to play the Astros in that wild card or in that division series. I think that was a that's that was their game plan and is to have the opportunity to get to the division series but not play the Astros. That's where I think he kind of stepped up and said, if we're doing the numbers here, we have a better shot against the Yankees because they played them so well throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and I think they de- I mean they definitely have the um familiarity with the Yankees over the past few years. I mean, when the, you know, they've been beating the Yankees pretty consistently. Um, mm-hmm. as I mentioned over the last five years, there's no, they're not afraid of that atmosphere. They, they've got yeah. an idea. Yeah, exactly. Like you just yeah. said. Right. And there's also the, the familiarity, which I guess is the same as, you know, the atmosphere. But when you go to Cleveland or like you said, if you have to go to Toronto, you know, Ooh, across the, yeah, the border and yeah, that might be a little bit tougher. Now I, I, I can never, it's very difficult to go with the conspiracy theory, but like you said, maybe calculated risk. It's almost like, you know, yeah, we'll start our fifth starter, but the fifth starter is not going to go out there and just get shelled so that they can, you know, win, lose, mm-hmm. or draw. I mean, I don't think. I yeah, mean, they're going to play, but some, if they, if they, yeah, but they're yeah. not. They they left a couple of key guys on the bench to pinch hit. Uh, yeah, they yeah. left out a rookie pitcher for three innings. It was like there were certain moves where I was like. Why didn't he go to the bullpen? Why didn't he pinch hit this guy with a runner in scoring right. position? You know, there were things like that where I'm going, this guy's playing for the six seed. <laughs> this guy's, he's playing. What? <laughs> anyway, 
that's an interesting one. All right, let's go to the Mariners Blue Jays because it's funny. The Mariners are in uh, first time in 21 years they've been in the playoffs. As you mentioned, two big playoff droughts were broken this year um, with uh, the Mariners and the Guard, not the Guardians. Who's the other Phillies. team that got that? It was the Phillies. Oh, Phillies. That's right. Phillies yeah. were 11 years, 10 years, something like that. Um, so what do, what do we see there? I mean, the Blue Jays are, I think we both, thought that they could make it to the World Series this year. Now, of course, they have the Yankees and the uh, Astros in the way, but they've been playing some good baseball of late. And I just think, um, you know, there's that old adage, right? The Mariners are just happy to be there. And they're kind of a young and experienced team. <laughs> it's a good I don't know if they're the I don't know if they're the young inexperienced team that's like, all right, we can win it all this year. I think they're kind of excited to be in. They broke the drought and maybe they have a couple years moving forward. But what do you what do you see in that series? Because the Blue Jays seem to be one of the hotter teams right now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm one hundred percent with you. And if you go back and listen to the beginning of the season, Tuttle and I said the Blue Jays are going to be a team to, that that somebody's going to have to deal with, and it's not going to be easy. The only question mark for the Toronto Blue Jays is once you get past Kevin Gossman, who's one of your boys from the Giants who fled and took the contract and is now with a very good team. Once you get past Gossman, what do you do? Because you know I, I couldn't even. You got Alec Manoa who is very good, uh, had a Cy Young-type season until Justin Berlander decided to run decided to run away with that with a 1.80 ERA. But those are two guys. Kikuchi's not going to be your third starter. You know, Once you get past those two guys, or if you're able to knock them out of the game early, that's where you create the issue because you don't have those three, four starters in that rotation that create depth. You don't have too many, you know, very many good bridge guys getting to uh, – uh, Romano, their closer, and they're going to have to go out there and slug. But that's the issue for me is that if the Jays get their offense going and it turns into a slugfest, I'm not sure anybody can keep up with these guys. The Astros have a very good offense, but they don't. It, it's kind of sporadic and inconsistent at times. And if it turns into a slugfest, can they keep up with the slug that the Blue Jays bring? And the the Seattle Mariners are good. Their pitching is is. Good. Luis Castillo was a very good pickup. They got him in the extension. Robbie Ray's been terrible. I, I, I haven't been impressed with him. Uh, Logan Gilbert can be good at times, and then he can give up five runs the next time. And I'm not sure how yeah. that works out because the Blue Jays are actually a dominant right-handed team that hits the ball very well against right-handed pitching. So how's that matchup going to be? But I think the X factor in that series is the Blue Jays will be hosting all three of those wildcard games. And I'm not sure if you've been to the Rogers Center in the last five, six years, but they literally Never. have – it's a great place. It's phenomenal. Obviously, Canada's a great, a great country as it is as far as fan bases, but when you took the Montreal Expos out of the equation, all of the, all of the national baseball focus shifted to Toronto. And when you put them in the Rogers Center and you put a lid on that thing, it gets ridiculous ridiculously freaking loud and there is so much national pride behind that team that it makes a very tough environment to go out there and play in and that's where I kind of worry about the Seattle Mariners going out there and playing in that environment it could be overwhelming and I think the Blue Jays have the thump and the excitement to maybe blow past them in that uh, wild card uh, series yeah that makes sense it's funny Robbie Ray was somebody I was going to bring up like you know you were mentioning the starters for the Blue Jays and you're thinking gosh Mm -hmm. would the Blue Jays want to have Robbie Ray back at all and I'm thinking probably not in this instance but we (laughs) this is where we always go back to our um, 
you know, back to our roots and back to our foundation. And I think, you know, we talk, we talk about pitching and defense. And I think that's where, although we predicted the Blue Jays in the World Series at the beginning of the year, the Mariners and the Blue Jays, you know, that might be 11 to 10 games, seven to five games, things like that. But whoever they face in the next series um, is going to be a really big challenge for them because, you know, the Guardians are a little bit underrated with pitching. They're, they, they've done it on pitching and defense and good old baseball with uh, Terry Francona there. Um, but I don't see the Guardians getting past the Rays, and you know darn well that the Rays are going to bring pitching and defense to the equation. And so oh, yeah. I could see, yeah, I mean, I could see the Blue Jays and the Mariners a little bit similar to what you said about the Padres and the Mets. I could see them beating each other up, having some long games, some slugfests, and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, and Good then point. getting themselves, yeah. And I, and I don't think either of those teams can get by the Astros. Now, the Yankees are a different story because they limped into the playoffs, and so whoever whomever whoever whichever team plays the Yankees is going to be um that's where i think that's that's going to be more uh up in the air i think than the Astros side and that's you know whether you whether you're the Rays and you want to slant the you know hey i'll take the 6 seed cuz i think this is an easier path i think the easier path for the american league championship series is certainly through the Yankees not through the Astros I'm with you on that. How about we wrap this thing up by by going through that first round? Because obviously we're going to have a week from today with the division series will start. So let's start on the National League side. Phillies are the sixth seed. St. Louis Cardinals are the third seed. Who does Tuttle pick? Uh, Cardinals. How about you? I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals also. I've, like you said, Austin Nola is amazing. But I think once you get past that, you have some serious issues but uh, the, the St. Louis Cardinals at home will be playing very good baseball. Uh, yep. The 4-5 five, five seed, it's going to be played currently as it stands. It would be being played at City Field in New York, and it would match up the Mets versus the Padres. Tuttle, who we got in that series? Uh, based on everything I've said thus far, I think uh, everybody can understand. I'm going to choose the New York Metropolitans. I'm with you. What about you? I'm, I'm with you in the sense, and the only reason I'm going to say this is because I do think the Padres have a chance, but I don't know if that offense can actually step up against DeGrom and Scherzer in those first two games. I know it'll be a good matchup. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be some tight baseball, but I just I really feel like the the, uh, the Padres can be pitched to, especially with the stuff that Scherzer and uh, DeGrom are going to bring. So I, I got the Mets in that series. So we've good. got even St. Louis, even Bassett though too. Let's not forget Bassett, and then you yeah, have he's sneaky you know, good, obviously. dude. Yeah, he's yeah. sneaky good, and they're going to be in New York most likely, like you said, as it stands. So yeah, it's going to be a rabid atmosphere. Now let's go to the American League side. You've got the number three Cleveland Guardians hosting the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, who you got, Tuttle? Uh, everything I've said before, I can't go back on that. I'm going to say Rays and Kevin Cash. I am going to go with the Guardians. I'm going to go opposite on this one. I just think Ooh, that, I like uh, that I'm not a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays offense. I think that they're yep. going to sputter, panic, and I don't think they have that <laughs> that come from behind ability. And I, I just think that uh, you know the back end of the bullpen for the Cleveland Indians has actually gotten better. Shane Bieber's had a hell of a year, and uh, I think the Guardians win out and get on to face the Yankees. Uh, how about the four five series? The Toronto Blue Jays hosting the Seattle Mariners. Who you got? I think we both agree on this one. Yeah, we got to take the Blue Jays since we had them at the beginning of the year. Yep, I'm with you on that. I think the Blue right. Jays just have too much. It's going to be exciting, but they're they're going to overwhelm 
some of the mistakes that the Seattle Mariner pitching is going to make. And I do think that they're, like you said, you know, the Yankees are limping in to the uh, postseason because they got off to such a good start and kind of finished a little, a little meager. But the Seattle Mariners are beat up. You know, Julio Rodriguez has had a little bit of a back issue. Suarez, their third baseman, just came off the injured list. And then you have a couple of their bench guys are scuffed up a little bit. But that bullpen is taxed. I don't, I don't think they have enough to finish them off. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is a little bit too young to have a back issue. That's not a good thing Isn't to be starting when you're like, yeah, sign a big long-term deal and you already have a back issue. So it looks like we're pretty much in agreement. I would say the only one we're not in agreement on is the obviously the Guardians and the Rays. And that'll be interesting because we like pitching and defense and the Guardians have pitching in spades. The other thing is Padres Mets is a little bit that's a little bit of a coin flip for me. And, you know, I'm just leaning, like I, I said, I'm just leaning towards right. the I'm just leaning towards pitching and home field advantage, I guess, there. So I think yeah. we got that wrapped up. We're pretty much uh, in, in cahoots um, on the uh, division playoff series. So we'll see how that shakes out, and we'll certainly talk about it more next week. So the, the one thing that we want to wrap the podcast up with, and we talked about it and what's on tap, is uh, there's finally a reason to go to the Santa Clara University Athletics website. Um, there wasn't <laughs> probably they – don't, they don't have a football program. You know, Dave Tuttle hasn't been there in 30 years, so uh, there's no reason to go to the Santa Clara Athletics website. Well, it looks but there like there's was some a, lingering uh, effects over there from from Tuttle's hey, yeah, legacy. from from <laughs> from the 80s, yeah, way back in the 80s and 90s for sure. So, um, so this went viral on Twitter. If there is, I guess there is such a thing as viral on Twitter, and it was sent to me, and then I saw it. You know, I mean unbeknownst to me and unbeknownst to all of these, I mean, basically uh, all the uh, male cross-country athletes for um, for Santa Clara did like mullet, mustache, facial hair, funky, cross-eyed, like squinty, like anyway. So I would go to the Santa Clara. Well, like I said, we'll probably link it to the show notes here. But uh, uh, my favorite one was the guy from Australia. I don't even know if he's from Australia, but he had the You've done funniest- some research. Yeah. Well, you said you saw the guy. There's a guy from Tasmania and Austra- Australia, and he has like a bowl cut. He- it looks like Dumb and Dumber <laughs> mullet. That's, I mean, it that's does. the only way to like describe Lloyd it. Christmas. Yeah, Lloyd Christmas with a mullet. So, <laughs> anyway, so I hope the listeners uh, to our favorite podcast, the Bleacher Blums podcast, go check that out. So, like I said, there's finally a reason to check out Blummer. What's your favorite one on there? I, the half mustache is good too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's funny is, you know, there's what, you know, there's 12 guys in this roster and you're kind of, you start at the beginning where this dude looks like he just rolled out of bed after sleeping on a rock and, you know, and he's got this Fu Manchu and you're like, wow, that's, that's interesting. And yeah. then you get to Lloyd he's Christmas like you're talking about. And then you've got the, the cheesy white dude with like the porn stash and the greasy yeah. hair. And it just oh keeps getting God. better. And then there's one poor kid that looks like he crapped his pants and he's like trying to hide it while he's smiling. Yeah. But you yeah. get to you think it's all great, and then you get to the end, and there's this poor kid with half a mustache, and yeah. I lost it. That's where I put me over <laughs> the edge with the kid. He's got like the decent looking hair, but you're like, there's something just off, and he's got like this pencil thin mustache just on the right side of his face, dude. And I about fell out. But please oh, really go funny. check out the Santa Clara University 2022 men's cross country photos. Abs- I'll f- try and find a way to get him into the show notes, but it's freaking hilarious. Um, hilarious. And just to bury on another human, we didn't hit on your favorite manager is not going to be coming back next year, man. Well, I, you know, we've we've piled on him a little bit. Um, I, you know, I'm not one to necessarily back off because of uh, 
health <laughs> issues. Um, you know, you never wish <laughs> ill on anybody. We and I really completely don't. completely insensitive out here. It's good. No, I understand that, but I really don't. I don't wish injuries or health. I'm not that kind of person. I never, you know, even when I was pitching, I wanted to face, you know, the best, right? And if you did well against the best, then hey, I mean, if a guy was out, a guy was out, you know. But uh, but with Tony, I mean, we've said this very consistently. I think he had um, he'd certainly outgrown his uh, time around the game, and you know, the stress and obviously the anxiety and the angst that all of this caused. But I just think I said this to you in a text. Here's the bottom line: these windows are short. And these windows are short. The Astros didn't know what's going to happen when Correa signed somewhere else, and you know, obviously they've had you know uh, an outstanding season, and you know they've kept it going five, six, seven years now. These are the golden years of the Houston Astros, as you said. Mm-hmm. We've said this a couple years ago. The White Sox. I mean, they need probably a couple more pitching. Uh, pitchers and their pitching staff to kind of really get over the hump, but they certainly need the right captain guiding the ship. I mean, they probably got with Tim Anderson and a couple other guys, they probably got about two or three more good years to be the favorites Mm -hmm. there in the central. And I just felt like Tony was not going to get him there. And so, you know, the window's short. And so the fact that Tony's going to announce his retirement should be good for all White Sox fans and White Sox, uh, um, you know, uh, future, I guess, futures yeah. bets. So I don't well, know what your thoughts are. And Yeah, he needed to go. I, I mean, if it wasn't the health issues, it was going to be what happened with this team. And I give a lot of credit to Miguel Cairo, who took over. He was the bench coach that ended up being the interim manager while Tony was dealing with his health issues, which obviously we hope that he is able to recover from and 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 live a long, fruitful life. I mean, he's lived a hard life up to this point. But he's actually uh, – his legacy on the field is luckily good enough to overshadow what a travesty it was that this team didn't make it to the playoffs. We talked about it with the Seattle Mariners, the Philadelphia Phillies. They were able to break a streak of not getting to the playoffs because of the expanded playoffs. And it's shocking to me that the Chicago White Sox didn't at least get into the playoffs uh, you know, Larusa got him to the playoffs last year, but I think this complete implosion this year it really screams to Tuttle's point. The leadership is an issue, but uh, the fact that didn't get in this season with the expanded playoffs screams about uh, what's going on at the top. I think he lost the clubhouse a little bit. Uh, they could make some additions and actually make that team better, but there are luckily some good candidates out there that actually could move in and uh, bring this team back a little bit. But that you talk about an experiment gone wrong. Hopefully, yeah. uh, you know some of the some of the higher ups over there in Chicago realize that that was a bit of a mistake, and they missed out on like you'd said, Tuttle. Those are two years that you're never going to get back with a very good roster. So hopefully, they can correct that, right that ship, and get going. But uh, yeah, that was just a matter of time. Yeah, you know it's funny. We've talked about Lou Pinella and Tony Ru- Tony Larusa as our favorite people before. You know the old Italian kind of guys uh, managing. Uh, these baseball teams, but I will say Lou Pinella had success. Tony La Russa had success in his prime. Whatever he did, he did it right. The Cardinals, the A's, all of that. But we've talked consistently about Pujols and his legacy. And boy, did his legacy go somewhere with the Angels for that eight to 10 years. We thought it really did. And we were thinking, gosh, you know, I mean, he was certainly a a, a Hall of Famer, but this year he revived himself and got it, um, got everything back on track. And there's just no doubt what a fantastic player Pujols was. I think it's time for La Russa 
Russe to get out so that his legacy isn't tarnished anymore because he was a fantastic manager in his prime, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you liked him or liked to play for him. And I think that's what I think that's the biggest issue here. And I think uh, we could probably leave it at that. But I think it's time for yep. him to get out and, like you said, you know, open up that opportunity for the White Sox to actually uh, do something. And I think there's a guy with a statue out front of the stadium that. Oh you know, damn! Here we go. Maybe. Maybe he could le- maybe he could lead the team to the promised land with this great roster. So we'll leave that for the off season. Oh boy! We at the end of every Whoop. podcast, we would like to thank first responders, <laughs> uh, those uh, police, fire fire personnel that go into uh, harm's way and protect us, keep us safe, and uh, uh, keep us out of danger. And obviously, all the military home and abroad. We uh, we are praying for you, and are, we are grateful for you for protecting our borders and keeping us safe here, and allowing us to speculate on this podcast like David Tuttle just did in a grand way to finish off this podcast. But all the essential <laughs> workers, all the of the uh, frontline workers, we appreciate you. Uh, continue the great work, and of course, teachers who are doing a great job in school right now, teaching our kids uh, how to get through this world that is as crazy as it is. And at the end of every podcast, Tuttle, you've got a couple of things to say. Yes, I do. If you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And always on this podcast, we encourage you to get after it and believe it. Where's Ramos? Took a nap. Put him to sleep. There he is. Booyah.